Hello there, music fans, and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Grant, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, George. Well, hello. And Liam. Hello, everybody. Now, each episode, one of the hosts or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless. And we talk about why they love it and what they love about it. And at the end, we decide if we agree that it's flawless. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. And we'd love for you to join. Tell us what you think about our favorite albums and your favorite episodes of Flawless. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Flawless Friends and Family. And we want to shout out a couple of people who've commented on a post we did this week asking about any 2020 albums that people might have found flawless. So thank you to Scott, who nominated On Circles by Caspian. George, you probably know who Caspian is. Are they like post-rock, grungy, <laughs> yes. trashy mm. stuff? And, that? I, and I know Scott. And, and you know Scott, yes. Oh. And I like the post. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, and also Colin Jackson-Brown, who nominated The Ritual of Lovemaking by Vernon Jane. Ooh. And he described it as aggressive, jazz-influenced, feminist, post-punk with loads of swearing. Hello. And I listened to it today and it is all of those things. And okay. it is fantastic. So definitely check it out. And George, I think you might nominate it in like next week. <laughs> um, and also to Shaylee McCracken, who nominated The Glow by DMA. So she's a longtime DMA fan. And I think their third album came out last couple of weeks. So nice. thank you to everyone who's in the group and nominating albums. Jump into the group and nominate some 2020 albums for us. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Liam. We also have a patron. You can back us from as little as a dollar a month. And no matter how much you back us for, you'll get access to our special bonus episodes. Oh, and bonus they are. Oh, aren't they just? <laughs> you can find us at patreon.com forward slash flawless AMP. Now, this episode is my opportunity to nominate what I believe is a flawless album. And this is a big one for me mm-hmm. in that... It's the first um, Australian artist that I have nominated. It's usually Liam's bag. I know, I know. But look, what, 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 are, the, what are the rules? Yeah, <laughs> Rules are just observations. No rules. No. No, there are rules, but that's not... Yeah. Sure, <laughs> that, the, that's not one of them. I'm the only one who can nominate Australian albums is not one it's, of the rules. <laughs> rules. Sure. So it is the debut solo album of Bernard Fanning, which is Tea and Sympathy... Sure was a hell of a mistake I made But I sure am glad that I made it No way for a grown man to behave More the act of a teen opportunity I stand accused of losing my head <laughs> and so that was the end of the episode so thank you very much yeah, yeah well that's it and it is that's, flawless art thanks a lot, lot, lot of yeah. gravitas there it's a, See I'm feeling it I'm there you go it. and can you explain to us who Bernard Fanning is please well for those that don't know Bernard Fanning um, as a solo artist he is the former lead singer of a group called Powderfinger which is an iconic I would say mm-hmm, totally iconic 100%. rock band yep. from Australia yep thank you very much George. Hello. Had you heard of Bernard Fanning before? I had heard of Bernard Fanning before, but only in the context of Powderfinger. So I had um, Double Allergic on the CD when I was the young person back in the UK because I had a friend who... um, used to live part-time with her mum in England and dad in Australia. And so she had this, um, bought the CDs back from Australia. And I was like, oh, this is really good. And so I had Double Allergic by Powderfinger. And they were an Australian band. So I felt very excited because I was like, you know, listening to lots of American and English and stuff. And then mm. I was like, they're Australian. So I knew him in the context of them. And that is all. I did not know that there was a solo venture until mm-hmm. you dropped this bomb. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah. What a bomb it is. Sure is. So, yeah. <laughs> but, so I'd never heard of solo stuff, never heard mm-hmm. the album. So, um, yeah. So this was, a, this was new to me. Excellent. And Liam? 
Um, I have a very long and complicated history with both Powderfinger oh. and Bernard Fanning. Oh, no. uh, so Powderfinger, Powderfinger being one of the first of those, I've always talked about getting into those Aussie indie bands in the yes. mid-90s. They were one of the first that I got into. Mm-hmm. Double Allergic is actually the most, has cost me almost the most money out of any CD I ever bought because I signed up to what? a, I signed <laughs> yeah. up to oh, a yeah. CD. We'll try not to make this all about Powderfinger, but I signed up to a CD club that was like $30 each for the first three and then we'll send you one free per month after that. So I got double allergic through that. So it cost me 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really sure that I liked it. Sold it back to Rocking Horse for like $2. Then later on decided, no, wait, maybe I should, I probably did like it after all. Bought it again, didn't, and that was before JB Hi-Fi was selling CDs for 10 bucks. So mm. I went to a sanity type thing, yes. which was also selling it for $60, for $30. What? So my grand total investment in Double Allergic, the CD, is $58 over my lifetime. Wow. And it's a good album, but it's not $58 good. <laughs> sure. For so, $58, you could probably get like a first pressing of the vinyl or something. Yeah, surely. or their entire back catalogue now. It's just <laughs> the whole thing. So, yes, yeah, no, Dude, well aware of Powderfinger and Bernard. And, yeah, more of that will come out as we talk about all the different things on the album. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, I do, so, I do, so mixed I, emotions. I do I own this album. You do own this album? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I this oh. this came out because they were on, they were on hiatus, and this came out, and I was this was oh. like my peak of my Powderfinger like. So really, when right? it was like he's got a solo album, it's really cool. Yes, and then Powderfinger have always been one of those bands that divide a lot of indie mm-hmm. fans because they got they did get really big, and mm-hmm. they were kind of pricks about it in various ways. Were they? So they so yeah. They were kind of very boastful about it. It's like we were, we're like not in a real way, but just in a yeah, the kind of way that turns some people off. Sure. The way that Beatles said that they were bigger than Jesus. Similar to that sort of okay. stuff, yeah. So yeah, but I've always loved them more than other people who were maybe in a similar position to me. And then so when this came out, I was all in. And a lot of the other musicians that I like, because one of the things where even when the fan base turns a little bit, other musicians still like them because mm-hmm. they paved the way for a lot of people sure. who came through. Mm-hmm. And so they'd get name checked and they'd be on special guests and they'll do lots of stuff with lots of really cool people as well. So, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. well in on this album. All so, in. But the interesting thing is Grant, yeah, as a South African, yes. Were you into Powderfinger or were you Bernard Fan? What, ha- what, what happened great, here? Tell me the story. What a great question. What a what a Probing question. So my sum total of exposure to Bernard Fanning and Powderfinger pre-November 2005 was my happiness. Mm-hmm. Made it to South Africa, great song. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it, but never was out and about, never particularly you know, wanted to find out, oh, I've heard this band, Powderfinger, great song, Rusty Gate, and, you know, my happiness, blah, blah, blah. And I... Found this album on a two-week look-see field tour in November, December 2005. So I was engaged and I was leaving South Africa and um, I'd arranged for a whole lot of interviews here and I wanted to come and look and see what was going on. And so here I am in this foreign country. I'm staying in someone's house I've never met before. This guy's, <laughs> he's, to say he's entertaining is an understatement. Um <laughs> With his family, they they very kindly put me up, and and he was Ben Fanning. <laughs> he wasn't Ben Fanning, but on the radio when I'm driving to and from from you know to my places, I'm hearing "Wish You Well," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Geez, this is a great track," and so I'm hearing it you know wherever I go really, as say November, early December, and I walk into um, Australia Fair. Yeah. On the Gold Coast, mm-hmm. Sanity, I think it was, if I could, if I really want to get specific. And I walk in and I say to some random guy in there, I go, listen, I don't know the album, I don't know this <laughs> artist, but the song goes, I want to wish you well. And he goes, ah! And he brings out <laughs> this album. So yeah. didn't listen to it at all, just bought the CD and um, took it back to South Africa. So nice. that was that. Um, and then you're in love. So, no, well, it was an interesting one. So I get, it is like I've brought this trinket back from the new world. And I think that when, when, I, when you listen to the whole album and I've having researched it, although I didn't have my notes, I'm very sorry, Bernard. And to all the listeners, I made a whole lot of notes. I can't find them in one of my books. That's okay. I can still talk from the heart. Um, so I bring, this, I bring this trinket back. I, I got this, my notes. This, this, this disc and it's from where I'm going to go. And, you know, the opening track is thrilled it's gone and you know the words along the lines of 
It's not so much that the thrill is gone It's just a cleaner, sweeter, brighter thrill has come along And it's like my breakup with South Africa and my new home is going to be, you know, Australia. And mm -hmm. then it goes into Wish You Well, which was really the start of it for me, was hearing Wish You Well. And it's not that I have anything against the place or, or what I had in that hometown, but I'm going, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, so it was very heavy. And, and anyway, I, get, I bring this disc back and, you know, to my fiancé's house and, and their, their family's there and they love it. The whole family loves it. Mm -hmm. All through December, that album plays start to finish and it just goes and it goes and we all love it and they're a fantastic family and everything's amazing and 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 so for a number of years that was the album um and i was like wow and I, you know there was a four month break five month break between um me getting the, the disc and then coming and migrating here but it was a staple an absolute staple in the car um and just fantastic musicianship in it thank you for asking cool <laughs> Literally our jobs to ask yeah. each other these questions. <laughs> We've done this for 70 episodes now. That's pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Uh, funny you say Thrill is Gone because that's the name of a Chet Baker song uh, w that we covered in an earlier episode. So I was right. like, oh, the Thrill is Gone. It's not the same song. No, no definitely not the very same song. Different, very so, different, very different. Grant, so I assumed that you hadn't discovered that until you came to Australia. So it's quite a country and folk album. Yeah. Is there much of a country and folk scene in South Africa or was this sort of stuff that you didn't really hear much of natively? No, not natively, I wouldn't say. But again, my exposure probably to South African music is was was limited. But I hear when I you know, listen to songs like Which Way Home, I'm go I hear like credence, clear mm -hmm. revival. And so it, it does feel like there's elements of of older music yeah. throughout mm -hmm. the throughout oh, the album. For sure. <clears throat> um and but no, not I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to. I think name a band or or, or an artist who's be folksy, bluesy in in South Africa. Maybe yeah, I know Carstens from the Springbok New Girls, but people would probably get up in arms about that. So right, no, <laughs> really fair enough. So you talked about my happiness before, mm. which I actually don't like. Is one of my least favorite really, uh, songs, okay. and it's one of those things where that that was one of the ones that made them famous. So they won the hottest one hundred, the hottest one hundred back to back. Only team, only person to ever do that. So the first year was with These Days and the second year was with My Happiness. Okay. But it's one of my least favorite Powderfinger songs. So it's one of those things where it's like I think they got popular off the back of one of their worst songs. Okay. Which, <laughs> which, which is fine. Wish You Well also won the Hottest 100, which makes mm. Bernard the only three-time winner of the Triple J Hottest 100. Nice. There we go. So, yeah. Um, album got to number one in the Aria charts, number 50 in the Decade chart, so 2000 to 2009. And it was released on 31st of October 2005 by Due Process, mm. who are a fantastic record label here in Brisbane. And I used to do a lot of stuff with them before, and they're oh, really? ultra cool right. people. Okay. And it won awards. Yes. Yes. I didn't write those down because well, I ran out of space. Well, it got the um, three ARIA awards mm -hmm. that year, and also the APRA award number one. So, so that was pretty good going. Yeah. So uh, as, as far as you're going to go, that's... Did you happen to catch, I forgot to look about any um, outside of Australia charting? No, anything? no. Because I don't remember hearing anything in 2005 about yeah. Ben Fanning. No, I didn't get, no, I only got the, the Australia chart. Well, I don't know if it came up in, mind you, when I was 20, I was just listening to loads of hardcore, dirty punk, so, uh, yeah. and, and, <laughs> but I was listening to folk, but not quite this folk, but mm. there we go. Mm. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for bringing this along, Grant. So first, um, first time listening to the album. Yeah. What did you think? I was surprised because you brought it. Oh. Yeah. It is. It is. It is a bit um, left, isn't it? Yes. From what my normal um, sort of. It's not Zeppelin, is it? No, no, it's not. <laughs> uh, it's not. Not so, at all. So what you know how you have a regime where you're out on the deck with your wife <laughs> yes well the first time i listened to this mm -hmm. um i was like grant's recommended an album to my partner and we sat on the balcony um and i popped it on and went oh it's really good <laughs> and, he, and he went and he was just like and, and he was just like yeah i like this too and nice. as we all know 
he does not like a lot. No. So, uh, sure. like, it's, he's limited to Carol King and Paul Simon. So, yeah. sure. it's pretty much, uh, yeah, so we, we were able to listen to the album together, uh, which was really awesome. So, we had our own little regime for the first time. So Excellent. Yeah. Isn't like, it nice? I was expecting, because I was like, okay, power what finger. What were you expecting? I was expecting, I was like, because without looking at the front cover where I should have guest yeah. um, <laughs> it gives the game away pretty I mean guitar. even T and Sympathy the name is kind of no. yeah. in that space as well but, but yeah yeah, but that could have been anything. and I was just like uh, um, so I was thinking he could be doing his wanky solo kind of noisy like solo album you know mm-hmm. that some people do where they're like oh I've always wanted to be grungier than what the band would let on and stuff <laughs> like that and because you were bringing it I was like maybe that was that's that was why um but then no you I put it on and I listened to it listened to it a few times and I'm like this is a really lovely album so um yeah I was like it's got bluesy mm-hmm. it's got country americana it's got folk it's got whimsy um it's got and it was based around i I read as well um which when called tea and sympathy um it was at the time he was writing it his brother had just died Mm -hmm. and and his 12 year long relationship had just ended yeah and then the songs made so much sense but some of them i can't tell if they were goodbye to his brother or a goodbye to his ex um but like yeah it was just a when i when i read that i was like oh makes a lot more sense now so um first listen and first few listens it was like yeah this this is a really nice record and i was like good good on him good (laughs) good on grant and outside the yeah the norm of what i've presented in the past Mm. yeah true but um it was also i was like why had I not heard it before? Yeah, I was sure. a little bit annoyed mm. that I hadn't heard it before because this is right up my alley. Mm. Um, mm. It had freaking piano, violin, yeah. harmonicas. Mm. It's mm. like, come on. Um, it just, you know, just needed some hand claps and a whoa. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been all over it. Um, so it was definitely the kind of album that I should have been listening to, but I probably wouldn't have picked up in 2005, but should have picked up since. So, yeah. yeah. So I was really grateful for you. Thank you. And it, it's, I think it's it was such a specific time that I'd arrived that it was getting radio play. Otherwise, I wouldn't have heard of it. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, I wouldn't wouldn't have heard. Mm-hmm. And I was like, as I going back to Africa with this. Yeah. Look what I've got. <laughs> Listen to this. Hey. This is where I'm going. Oh, I know. Jeez. <laughs> um, so have you ever seen Powderfinger or you would have seen Shirley? Yes. I've seen them and, him, them and him multiple times. Really? And yeah. interviewed, not him, but the other members of the band a few wow. times as well. So, yeah, been all over that stuff. That's really cool. Which, um, yeah, no, he's re- he's a consumer performer. It's <laughs> interesting um, when he's with Powderfinger, most of the time he doesn't play a guitar because he's, okay. he's known as the, so there's five of them, so there's enough for them making yes. the instrument stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's got enough and he's got a bit of a swagger. So he likes picking mm-hmm. up the microphone, doing a bit of a Mick Jagger swagger with the microphone stuff. Sure. He's not that level of cool, but he likes you know doing that. He's cool, I mean, yeah. And so then this album was obviously more of him playing more of the guitar and taking more of that central role instrumentation wise. I've mm-hmm. not seen them live or Powderfinger live because uh, when I first heard them, I was like, you know, Two when, years. when was it? When did Double Allergic come out? Nineteen ninety six. Ninety six. So I was eleven. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah. So I didn't see them, um, yeah. and uh, if they'd have toured, I probably couldn't have afforded to go and see them anyway. Um, yeah, but I haven't. But I would have enjoyed to. But saying that though, I listened to Double Allergic back to front a million times back in the day, like in my early teens. Um, but I probably can only remember JC as right. the only song <laughs> from it for the whole thing. Is that's the one that sticks out in my head? Yeah, yeah. Just always, especially when I'm watching like TV shows where they reference any religious thing, I just think mm. of like JC as that song. Yeah. Anyway. There you go. So, yeah. uh, so speaking cool. of Powderfinger, this album caused a bit of a rift. Although reading my research, it doesn't sound like they get along on much at all. So they, they had a book that came out a little while ago and one of the things they talked about in the solo album and it was, yeah, it was viewed it as a betrayal. So Fanning said, it was pretty uncomfortable for a while. It was made clear to me it was important I step back and don't take a controlling role. That was difficult to deal with because everyone made a record except for Cogsy. Mine just did really well. So all five of them, they were on a hiatus and two of them were off playing in a band called The Predators and Darren Middleton was in drag. 
a band called Drag, and so everyone had gone and done their own thing, and then his got super popular, won all the ARIA awards, and mm. there was, they were talking about releasing it overseas. And they were saying um, when a US label offered to release it stateside, it sparked an angry ultimatum from Coghill, one of his bandmates. Mate, if you want a fucking solo career, then go and have it. So he was basically like, if you want to be solo, it's difficult you can to misinterpret that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. So, Read between the lines, guys. Yeah. yeah. So they, to they'd be been together about, I guess, 13, 14 years by that stage. So it was, I guess, the threat that if he could make it solo on his own, that he might leave the rest of them behind. But yeah, apparently caused a bit of a rift in the band. Goodness. Well, I can see why, because it's a really good record. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, guys. But um, it stands the test of time, I guess. It's been, what, out uh, 15, 15 years? years. Mm. 15, 15 years. years. And if it got released tomorrow, people would go, this is a nice album. Yeah. Like, prob- that's, I guess, because it harks back to so much Americana blues and mm. like, folksy stuff. It feels familiar. Yeah. yeah, it probably wouldn't make as many waves as it does because obviously popular this, music sounds nothing like that or yeah. what Powderfinger used to sound like. So obviously got a lot of attention because of who he is. And it's like, oh, it's the Powderfinger guy there, amazing. Mm. We'll check it out. But it, kind it would of, definitely make waves in the right circles. Mm. Um, it kind of reminded me of comfort food mm. to listen to. You mm. know, it's just like you can put that on and you'll be like, yeah, that's nice. Mm. It's just nice in the background. Also, speaking of hand claps, in Wish You Well, there is plate smashing. Yay! As part of the percussion, you can hear it. They <laughs> smash the plate and then they record it and lose, use it as a loop. And they said, we tried using hand claps and tambourines, but the sound wasn't quite right. So they went back to smashing plates instead. So Why not? They were, one, they were that close to getting your, your trifecta <laughs> of hand claps <laughs> oh, so, as well. So much. Getting oh, my goodness. Well, we've got so much else in there. So it's all good and, all good and fun. Mm. So four singles? Obviously, I, I don't have well. all. Do I have all the singles written down? I do. Yes. So it was "Wish You Well," yep. "Songbird," mm-hmm. "Watch Over Me," and then "Weekend, Weekend of Mystery." Of mystery. What's that? what is "Weekend of Mystery"? Anyway, oh, we, we all wrote it That's down not, apparently. Yeah. So. But yeah, it must That's have been like a special thing, or special single, or something. So yeah, so he recorded half of it or most of it in the UK. Mm-hmm. And then there were four tracks that he recorded here in Australia and he used a completely different band for each of the two huh. sessions. Oh, I didn't know. Mm. I actually wouldn't have known either. No. I mean, it's like it's definitely his album. He's got yeah. like, I mean, even apart from his vocals. I mean, that's the thing with Powderfinger as well. It's his vocals. But you know that he isn't that involved with the instrument side so you can tell, oh, yeah, that's this mm. kind of guitar player and this kind of drumming. Mm. But is he he's playing the guitar? In, in this album he this is, album. yes. Yeah, in yeah. this album he does much more, yes. Yeah, yeah. If, on, on every track I would assume. But if not, but whereas on Powderfinger, it's rare that he would play yeah. the guitar. And I think there may have been some kind of banjo at some point too, at least once, maybe in Thriller's Gone or somewhere, because I have violin, harmonica, banjo, all underlined in red. Mm. So um, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, so I didn't forget to tell you that I heard it. Yeah. Which is good. Um, yeah, and also there's slide guitar in this. There's strumming oh. guitar. There is picking guitar. Mm-hmm. There is all the guitar. Yeah. There is all stabby the guitar. guitar. Um, yeah, the, and That's it's right. and it's there are layers and pun layers of guitar um, mm. in different tracks and stuff. But it doesn't not in an overly complicated no. or busy horrible way. No. You know, like where. You've got some strums, some stabs, and some wanking all over, like in different and stuff. It's just everything seems like it's in its right place, mm. I guess. Yeah, it's like lots of layers, but with an eye to very simple song structures, more very straightforward song structures. And we talked about the fact in the past that some artists go, I have a particular voice and people know it and I'm going to rely on it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he does on this. I don't think he just goes, Oh, I need to sound like I'm in Powderfinger, so mm. I'm going to sing like I'm in Powderfinger for the whole record. Mm. There's like a good variety across. There's some like, he, he's got this like near perfect pitch when he's singing, but then they're in um, not finished just yet. He does these little deliberate cracks in break. You know, when people mm. sing a little bit high and then go, ah, kind of noises. Um, and they're like perfectly placed like really good little cracks just as he's going lifting up at the end of a note or something like that. So um, I, I enjoyed that kind of break for emphasis. That was cool. Plus harmonica solo. Yeah, harmonica <laughs> stuff in that was really cool. 
Plus, of course. Yeah. There's lots of pluses in this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting, I think, for when he wrote it to have been in such a place when so much, you know, bad things or unfortunate events are going on in his life. Like the whole, when I read that researching this, I was like, you know, it puts a totally different spin on, on how I felt about this being like a pseudo breakup album. This is a, this is an album that he, he's suffering. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, um, and still, you know, chin up with a wish you well, but, you know, by and large hope and validation, you know, that's, um, sleeping rough, the strangest thing. These are not happy, particularly tracks. They're not mm-hmm. really, you know, this is not euphoric. This is not happy go lucky pop stuff. But in Wish You Well, the lyrics. Why'd you give up on me so soon? Why'd you give up on me so soon? I couldn't picture which of the bad scenarios in his life he's talking about. Is it his brother passing or is it his relationship ending? But either way, it's like, why did you give up on me so soon? Just made me feel like the little heartbroken Mm. listening to it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it should just be a really nice pop song, like the right from that opening riff and the kicking of the riff and everything. But yeah, there's a there's a tor- like a torment, there's a hurt behind it that yeah. you can hear if you sort of really pay attention to that layer and that voice and everything. Mm-hmm. So Grant, tell yes. us about some of your favorite songs. What if, what's the deal? What do you got going on? Jeez, it's a flawless flipping album. What can I say? <laughs> Where does one start? <laughs> um, yeah, I think obviously it opens really, really well, and, mm-hmm. and that one still speaks to me, um, which I can get back to. I really liked um, "Which Way Home." Yeah, um, great guitar and and percussion coming in the back end there. Mm. Um, it's really dirty, oh, yeah. Thing, yeah, isn't it? Even like, yeah, it is really dirty. Even the stuff in "Wish You Well" is really dirty too. Like if you mm. listen to it right up close, it's. Not clean and crisp. He like I think he likes that dirty effect and crunching, crunching stuff. Yeah, because it makes because some songs are really clean and bright, and then this was just like a really dirt, like dirty sound, and it was like a nice new effect and stuff. And you, and you can imagine like um, an old bluegrass guitar being played through some shitty amp on someone's deck or whatever, <laughs> and that kind of really horrible fuzzy sound. Yeah, um, and it, but it makes it actually work. It's that slimy kind of guitar mm-hmm. um and it also has a key change forgot to underline it yeah. but there's a key change <laughs> in red yeah i forgot to underline it in red yeah but uh Yeah, that's that's nice. So those instrumental layers on that one with that chorus lift, really sexy. Mm. So I can see why it's one of your top songs. And of and hope and validation, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slide guitar. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slide in the acoustic, and then there's there's, yeah, there's fuzzy there's fuzzy <laughs> over his voice on that one as well. It's got the, mm-hmm. the crunchy stuff. That's yeah, just he's having a bit of a chance to play around, and I guess be the solo, be the prime creative voice behind something and try a few different things rather than having to run thing by five other people to, to see how it flies. Mm. It's true. And the, mel- the melody of the vocals is really nice, but the harmonies come in. But they come in like at the right, everything comes in at the right time. Mm. It's not just all the time. Like I think it's no. just like it comes in at the right moments and then drops out when it's supposed to. It's like the different layers between the picking and the strums of the guitar and the slide. And that's when there's like three guitar layers at once. But you're like, oh, I just want to hear them all. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, because they're not going, oh, this is the guitar solo over the top of everything else. It's like, nope, everything's mixed just right. So whoever mixed and produced the record did a fine job mm. so oh, and there's um in there there is in his vocals at the end of some of his phrases where he feels like it's he's just like dropping off like um he drops down p- the pitch so instead of going he often goes up at the end of like in flex at the end but in this one it's sometimes he's it's kind of solemn and he finishes like finishes going down and then he finishes one and going down and you're like, oh, and it's a surprise because he doesn't do that in many of the songs. Mm. He's usually got like a lift and a drop, blah, 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 but it just, there's just a noticeable, like, solemn 
sound to that, mm. which I really enjoyed. Come, uh, Grant, tell us more. Well, look, it's nice to hear you guys chatting about it so so well. Further down the roads, great as well. But yesterday's gone, I suppose, on the on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really liked it. Um, short, punchy, yeah. um, you know, opening. It's your oldest trick and your cheapest one. You turn the world to blank and the game is done. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> yes. See, that, yeah. that was the end of a relationship kind of one, um, for yeah. sure. Like, yeah, that was closing a chapter, but with love. But still closing that chapter, so it was just like willingly, lovingly ending something, mm. you know, like not, you know, I hate you, bitch, I hope you die. Yeah, was, none, mm. of, none of the relationship stuff in this album felt angry no. about that. All. No. Like two people who've just Mournful. reached a conclusion, yeah. logical mm. conclusion is to end it yeah. and we're going to end it. Yeah, and there's three-part harmonies in that chorus. Mm. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I believe it was in the... The thirds or the fifths, and it was just a really nice sound because he doesn't. It's usually two part harmonies or octave harmonies, but um, there was three part harmonies in that chorus to the point where I actually had to write it down and go, "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> like that's really lovely." So yeah, it's a really nice song. I, it has a heart on it. Oh, there yeah. we go. And not hard to play. Even a man who can do four chords to glory, yeah, can play this. You played some of these songs. Yeah. Well, mm. certainly just, this just one. This, just this one in particular. Yeah, I've, I've, on. I've I've worked on Wish You Well, but it, to for me to sing plus play the chords yeah. <laughs> at that speed was <laughs> yeah uh, too much. Um, yeah. So, but maybe one day, maybe Bernie can teach me. You know? Yeah, that's right. So so who knows? Just like put it out there. Yeah, for sure. Why not? Eh? Wishing into the world. Yeah. We should talk about Songbird. Please. The, the second single. Which is just like on an album of mostly beautiful songs. That's just the most beautiful song <laughs> on the whole album. It's so nice, but also it's that same thing again. It's like it sounds nice, and it's about a bird. It's like a, a bird that mm-hmm. sings. But when you listen to it, it's like no, this guy is broken. This guy is really heart wrenched inside, and mm. he's yeah turning that into something pretty. So he says, "I wish I knew which button to push, then I'd know." Just, it's, it should be nice, but it's not. It's just he's layered it with those lyrics that really strike right, right in. Mm. And there was also, if you let somebody love you just enough, yeah. you have everything you need to break free from all your pain. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> As if. Very response. serious. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, nice, short, sharp, two minutes, 36. So he talked about the song links at one of the interviews where he was basically just like, whatever felt right to a song, he didn't. He just made it that long. He didn't mm. care about mm-hmm. this traditional thing of three minutes, four minutes, or whatever, which is unusual because most of the songs are three or four minutes. But they're mm-hmm. like the the big the "Wish You Well" and the song where the two lead off singles, they're all just they're just two and a half minutes. He just gets to the point where he's done with it and he just lets it finish. That's yeah, it. I liked that. And there was a violin solo mm. underlined. Um, yeah. And um, at the beginning, the percussion sounded like a foot stomper rather mm. than a drum. So I think it's like one of those electrified foot stompers, which was uh, like would play into the whole bluesy Americana thing that you've got going on because um, I have one of those. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it just sounded like looking... When I did see the front cover of him on a park bench with his hollow body guitar and all that it's kind of stuff, time. I was just like, there he is, fair <laughs> enough. There like, he is. There he is as Bernard. There he is not as Power of no. the Finger. Yes, yeah. this, this is almost who he wants to be after being the front man of a giant world-beating rock band for yeah. ten years. He like he just want, just wants to play nice, quiet, simple acoustic songs for a little while. Yeah, which is true. Yeah, but it is a really beautiful song. Quite right. Songbird's lovely, and the guitar is really sweet and clean, mm. and really beautiful. And it just yeah, it's a really lovely lyrically too. Oh, so have you been to Leafy Bug Studios? No, where this was. No. Okay. 
I haven't been to, I haven't been to many any studios at all, really. Yeah. yeah. No. So may I ask where where did you get to interview part of They were always over the phone. Okay. It was always phone call based, okay. yeah, because usually they'd be in Sydney or Melbourne. Sure. So they our editor would send out a thing saying we've got an interview slot for these bands. Powderfinger might be at nine a.m. and I just put my hands up for the ones that I wanted. And then if it was me, they would just there's a phone call service where you can just connect the two people. Sure. So they would just connect me, and I'd do my little interview and type it up afterwards. Cool. That's it was cool. interesting. One of the interesting things I did get from that interview, trying not to beat all Powderfinger. Um, they basically said so they had the first album then they had double allergic and then the next one after that really like that one did okay double logic did pretty well and the next one blew up and they basically said this was like two albums after that that it, i can't remember who it was but he said if they hadn't blown up they would have quit that they, they didn't they didn't want to just be like they were on the verge of like okay if this is going to be a thing it's going to be a full-time thing sure. and if it's not going to be a full-time thing we need to just stop and mm-hmm. just because we can't like which makes me think more about how they must have been getting on each other's nerves how for so yeah. long because they they oh, weren't we, doing it for the love anymore. Yeah, we, we can't just mm. spend that time each other, around each other for no reason. It's like, well, bands do it because they love each other. So I'm not sure yeah. you guys really love each other that much. But yeah. Yeah. And now they end up working like as if it's like they're just all stuck in a pod at the Commonwealth Bank yeah. or something. <laughs> and just like now we all have to just face each other all the fucking time and yeah. have morning teas that we resent. But never mind. But what are the, what are the other band? I'm conscious Ben is still you know on his own, but mm-hmm. other other band members have they joined other bands? Are you aware? Um, and I'm like, one of the guys is playing in the church, okay. the band. Mm-hmm. One of the guys runs the Fortitude Music Valley, oh, yes. Fortitude Music Hall. So ah. he and and the Trifford, yeah, yeah. The same so group. he set up the Trifford. So the beautiful thing about it was someone setting up a venue in the valley. Oh, it's a long-time prison musician. He'll set it up so that you get a good sound and he knows what he's doing. So they put aircon in there so that people feel comfortable and they the sound is amazing. It's this old jet um, airplane hangar. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's just so good. Like it doesn't matter where you stand in the venue, you get a great sound. And then they've he's expanded out into the other, into the Fortitude Music Hall, which I haven't been to yet, but I was supposed to be going to see the national and it was like six months ago, but hopefully yeah, they'll be so back soon. I was supposed to see three different people yeah. at the Fortitude Music Hall and mm. and then, you know, the world happened and yeah. they all got cancelled. Mm. So that sucked. So yeah, I think uh, they're also around doing music related things like teaching and stuff like that. I'm, yeah. If any of them are listening, I would love to have you on the podcast. I've reached, I'm going to try and reach out to a few of them. Cool. See what happens. Probably not Bernard because I think he lives in Spain pretty much full time now. Oh, really? So he, he met a partner while he was doing this album. So he was finishing with his current partner and he found he had a new partner start partnership start up while mm-hmm. this album was happening and he's been with her as far as I know ever since. Uh-huh. But she's in Spain, so they just live in Spain. Sure. And he gets to he loves it because they don't know him there. So they they're just he's just that Australian who plays guitar. Yeah. So he can just oh. hang out there and not be famous and mobbed and stuff. That's cool. Mm. Good for him. Alright. There you go guys. Any other favourites? Um not that I need to dwell, um, give too many details on. I, I, I said, love the whole album. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. And um, yeah, just in researching it, I think I, I was like, wow, it's it's a lot heavier than I probably than I ever appreciated mm-hmm. um, at, at the time, and still, um, I, I probably didn't listen to it for like ten odd years, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always it's always been a, been a favorite of mine. And I think it's just long enough and keeps you um, on your toes in terms of mm. listening to it. You're How long is it? You're not quite sure where it's going to go. 45 minutes? Yep, yeah, 45, 45 yeah. minutes and mm-hmm. 14 tracks. So, mm, yeah. so he doesn't dick around. So, yeah, I think four minutes, 34, Sleeping Rough, that's the longest one, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, which, 441 is uh, further down the road. road. So. Oh, yeah. Which, Sleeping Rough, what a great song that one yeah. is as well. That's Big so cool. Big full band. And you think it's going to, like, even just from reading, you think, oh, it'll be a song about homelessness and, like, looking after it. Well, it's not. It's a bit, So your heart's been sleeping rough. It's about yeah. staying up and being kept up by your anxiety and your heart and your emotions and stuff. And, and then at the end of it, it's got, like, the honky-tonk piano, which is just always welcome no matter what where who brings it in. <laughs> always um, welcome. And, yeah, like, the choir of voices and everything is just really cool. And the slide guitar, it's, like, this desperate plea, an end, an argument, I don't know, but then he sings the words. So come on, darling, pour some love in my cup. In my mind, you'll always be.
Yeah, sorry, I was going to tell you that's one of the longest songs, but you wouldn't yeah. necessarily know it. Because he started out wanting to make a pure country song. And then mm. he said he realized about three songs in that he it was insulting to people who made country music. So this is all stuff that I'm looking up when I'm doing the research. Mm. So he wanted to write a pure country album and then decided it was an insult to people who write country music. Someone like me trying to make a country record. Hmm. This is a country record. I don't. I don't. It's not. It's an Americana. It's Americana, Americana slash country slash folk. Like it's not pure pure country. But no. if he was like, oh, I don't really want to touch country. I'm a bit worried about it. There's a lot of stuff in here that's very pure country. Yeah. That he still managed to leave in but there. But then there's loads of like pure bluesy stuff. Not yeah. Like blue scale or whatever yeah. and stuff. So I think I think he just crosses a lot of bridges in that realm. Um, but it doesn't. None of them feel out of place with the other ones. So no. That, that no. Works. Not at all. So and, yeah. So even if the full country mm. mixed with something a bit dirtier like bluesy just yeah. it doesn't go oh you've just swapped genres it just, no, like, no, it's no, still, not at all. he follows it through like the guitar playing or his vocals or whatever just carry it through speaking of bluesy that my favorite one of my favorite lines is from thrill is gone right at the start where he says i can sense trouble just around the bend and it's all been my kind of making so yeah. that's very bluesy it's like oh the world is terrible but also i'm kind of responsible I'm, I'm kind for of yeah why like, my world is so terrible so yeah, I really I like, like that it line. when people own their mistakes. Yeah, in their, <laughs> oh, it's their good. Songs. Yeah, I really like "Down to the River." Can I just point mm-hmm. out that the one Jeez. it starts with the one, two, three, four, which it's like a really nice kind of like it makes it feels like he's welcoming you into the studio, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just having that as a one-off, like one, two, three, four. four. So it's like folk storytelling, like song. And so, which is why I wrote Decemberists as one of the things oh, next mm-hmm. to it, because it had that kind of folksy um, sound, um, and because the story um, is kind of creepy, and he sings. If I ask you tenderly, will you follow me down to the river? I'll let you down. I'll break your wings. You follow me down to the river. And you're like, oh, so um, you're being a creep. It's being, you're <laughs> dangerous and everything else, but it is. And again, we've got harmonica, but then there's singing. And this is where he's got some shouty callback backing vocals. So he'll be singing the lines um, about down to the river. And then in the background, he'll be shouting like, down to the river then start in like in the like in the sections between mm. um, but it suits it so well because it's making you feel like you should be on edge on this yeah. folksy tale like almost off tone almost not singing just shit just belting it just bellowing it out yeah but not like loud no that they no, mixed no. it well because it's yeah but it just works really well on the song because it just makes you creeped out on this little journey down to mm. the river with some creepy dude yeah like and which is why yeah which is right reminded me of some of the creepy songs that we've listened to on the decemberists in the past mm. yeah sure. bad things happen and by the river <laughs> the the punchy yeah. kick-in so like i love sometimes most songs which have like a really soft start and then kicking in a moment. I really love those. So the same as like Which Way Home kind of does that a little bit as well. But yeah. it's like, yeah, it's mostly soft and acoustic and then, or like quieter. And then the kick in with the drums just really takes it to the next level and the harmonica. And that's where all the shouting and the bluesy stuff comes in. Yeah. And it works beautifully well. Mm. And his, and that's where he does octave harmonies. So he's layering his own vocals, but in an octave apart. And just because it's his voice, it just sounds like correct. Mm. That just sounds really weird. So that's why that was one of my favorite songs on the album actually like my any other standouts for you um we've probably covered all the highlights i mean mm. it, watch watch over me at the end is really just a beautiful ending even though mm. like yesterday's gone it kind of sounds like the one that would end an album as it well could have, watch sure. over me works really well as an ending and i think being one of those bands where the band can go away and he can stay on stage and just play solo acoustic for a couple of songs i think that's one of the ones that he still played mm. when they went forward it's so because i i know that i remember that song being quite popular culture-wise, even above and beyond just this album. So I think he must have kept playing it as part of the Powderfinger sets just as a solo acoustic song. And to piss off the other And to piss off the rest of the band, yeah. 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 Look, look how everyone loves this song more than all of us. <laughs> oh, look at me go. Yeah. Tell <laughs> you guys take a break, I've got this. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you'll always be there to pull me free. That's what he says. Mm. It's really cute. So it's just like, yeah, it's a really nice way to finish an album, like a little lullaby like a little mm. nice b- 
bookend from yeah. we lifted you up to begin with and we're taking you on a journey and now we're now we're just having a little quiet time just mm. me and you and we're all good mm. and this is how we're going to finish the record yeah and that was and that was uh, I I didn't write how long that song was for three thirty one three thirty one because it's yeah. just him and the acoustic guitar so, so it doesn't have to it makes sense that yeah some songs what and stuff that I love well. are like two and a half minutes but yeah. I if somebody had said how long's that song I'd be like four oh yeah yeah I'd Easy. be like four minutes or the four minute ones I'd be like I don't know two three yeah. <laughs> I've got no idea you know sometimes songs feel just different um, mm. but I guess that means that it was right that he did write well, the song I think it lends itself to you know his, his wanting to um, this is his album he doesn't have to get the cooperation or the buy-in mm-hmm. of three or four or five other guys and yep. and the machine that becomes an entity like a powder finger and they do become their own entities where you know that's not what people want to hear so you've got a doctorate here or you this guy's got to do his standard solo etc this was all him in a in a arguably one of the worst places that he'd been in his life mm-hmm. i mean a really really testing time on on a couple of levels and he just pours it all on yeah and you know if he wants it short it's short and if he wants it's long it's long yeah um and viol- if he wants the violins, they're in. He yeah. wants to break a plate. He, he breaks a plate. Break a plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This Talking is what he does. Talking uh, violins and pianos and really sweet songs that are quite short. Uh, Wash Me Clean mm-hmm. sounded like a George Harrison song. That kind of Here Comes the Sun kind of like okay. twinkly guitar. I'm not familiar enough with George Harrison to mm. That's confirm fine. or deny. Yeah. Well, I won't sing it. Um, <laughs> but it's just his vocals. Again, this is where he's like oh, shifting because he's just so calm. Yeah. And sweet and everything is just like and extends certain words to finish the line. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't just finish it and then let the music carry on. Sometimes he just goes, ah, yeah, at the, the end. It's all stripped back. So it's the real showcase for his vocals. It's like mm-hmm. front and center. This is what I can do. Mm-hmm. And it's a really just sweet ditty with violin and piano. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? But, why not? But it's not like, so he's got harmonica. And piano plus his guitars and the percussion and everything else and plates um <laughs> <laughs> why not um but it's just when they come in you're like oh that's nice it's not like oh this is a whole piano song or yeah. this is a whole violin song mm-hmm. or whatever it's like oh no we're just gonna have a bit now we're gonna just have like a harmonica solo yeah a place for everything and everything in its place yeah mm-hmm. there we go everything in its place a radio song so uh <laughs> yeah something else we love oh. uh, yeah so it's just it's really lovely so um like i listening to it i can see like from a guitarist perspective the range of guitar whether he played it all or he had other people like i guess some of that slide or some of that picking and stuff could have been anyone um but there's such a nice range of guitar on this album um that when you're listening to it you can be surprised from track to track just go oh this is a the strumming song, or mm-hmm. this is a picking song, this is a slide song, this is all of the above yeah. song. <laughs> and uh, and it works, so it worked really nicely. Cool. As a guitarist, a bad guitarist, but a guitarist <laughs> nonetheless. And yet I've never seen Powderfinger right. or Bernard Fanning. Right. Oh. So there we go. I um, You have to go to Spain, knock on his door. Yeah, that's fine. I can go to Spain, catch some waves, get some houses. Yeah. <laughs> The when when they were breaking up in 2010, mm-hmm. um, I suppose I'd had a I, I hate to to do to do this comparison, but John Farnham was doing his last tour in 2006, and it's now 2020, and he's still doing the last tour. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Powderfinger's not going to be ending now. This is yeah. all a crock of shit. This is yeah. how the guys <laughs> get more cash. They cash honey money grabbers. And true to their form, they haven't actually no. really played yeah. at all, they, save for one. Yeah, probably don't, know, like that one thing they don't like each other. They don't like each other. Yeah. So <laughs> so when anyone was going, oh you're gonna go see part of thing and no, 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 no. I was like, yeah, pff, whatever, they'll be back. Yeah. But I haven't been back. So <gasps> I'm sorry. I've never seen you, but Bernard, love to see you live anytime you you're back in town. Mm. Um, the funniest thing about that tour was the they announced part of they announced this is the tour. And it ended in either Sydney or Melbourne. And it's like, they're a Brisbane band. And so, of course, once they all sold out, so they started in Brisbane and ended in Sydney or Melbourne. And they're a Brisbane band. And and so, of course, as soon as they all sold out, they just announced like the reverse. 
where they like the reverse week to finish in Brisbane because of course their last ever show was going to be in Brisbane. But the number of people who lost their shit because we were like... Because it we, wasn't the last album. We, al- we, we only bought tickets to the Sydney show or whatever it was because we thought it was going to be their last ever, ever, ever show. We wouldn't have paid... It was like, did you really think this wasn't iconic gonna Brisbane end. band wasn't going to play their last show <laughs> in Brisbane? Like, Come on. Yeah, it was very funny. So we're repping Brisbane. Yeah. Repping Brisbane, the South Where African Where was it man. played? The River Stage. Really? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they, of course it that was. was... Yeah, they could have... I would have thought it been bigger. Yeah, they could have, well, because the next one up is Entertainment Centre. Yeah, and they were never really, I wouldn't have thought they'd be comfortable doing it to a stadium. So I think River Stage was, yeah, if we had a bigger amphitheatre, they could have, but as the biggest amphitheatre, that's probably a good one. Wow. And the last ever song was These Days, which was the one they first won the Hottest 100 with, and it's basically like a iconic graduate, so it's like a high school graduation. For sure. These Days turned out nothing like I had planned thing. It's, yeah, definitely the the final song that you play. Until you do a quick little reform gig 15 years later. Yeah, for COVID. Yeah, for COVID. Oh, 10 years later. Because it's ten, uh, 2010 they broke up. Yeah, 10 yeah, years. So 10. So okay. Grant. Yes, sir. Final pitch. Final so pitch. Tell us what you oh, think. Oh, you ready? You've kind of half final pitch like three times already. Yeah, I oh, know. I'm like, oh, geez, what else? Well, how much more can I give to this thing, man? <laughs> um, look, for, for mine, the and I've, I've dwelled on the, on the um, on results from external sources like the Arias and the Triple J's Hottest 100s and have failed dismally in my pitches. <laughs> For those of you who've, who haven't listened to all of our previous um, 70, 69-odd episodes. 70. 70. I am the only one of the three who's yet to uh, successfully get a uh, unanimous, flawless album. George, how many are you on? Remind me. Uh, three. Liam? I'm still at one. And I'm big fat zero, yet to trouble a scorer. And that's not good enough reason to for this to be. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Right? Have, I'm not going to give it to you for that. He's Heart not going to give it to me for that. No. Um, it, it's for mine, the the fact of where this guy was when he wrote it. Um, I don't believe there's a skippable cr- track amongst it. The, the lyrics themselves provoke thought on, as you've articulated, George, you don't know where this is, which which part of your shitty existence right now immediately <laughs> does this actually relate to? And are you, you know, you, you're still sounding like you've got it together. And I think that that's, that's admirable. Um, it's got an amazing flow of, uh, despite its overall on reflection, it is a mournful album. I find it euphoric and positive and still take a lot from it. And um, it reminds me of a great time back then. And I can still um, just picture how I was this 27-year-old guy coming back with this album that's just, I'd only heard Wish You Well. I didn't know any of the other ones and that it was so flipping good or and not even uh, would have known that it was the Triple J or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever afterwards yep. um, because I was a migrant and I was, you know. So iconic, great flow, um, great album, speaks about some, some, you know, is reflective of the hardships he's gone through and... I just find it absolutely flawless. So, George, cool. over to you. Oh, me first. Sure. Well, I don't want to, you know, let, let's, um, you seem to like it as well, which is great. And, and, and you <laughs> referred to some, some jealousy or some sadness that you hadn't heard of it before. I know. It and mine was very on. fortunate that I had. Yeah, it was very good. It's a good, yeah, but if I'd have heard it when it came out, as I said, I was listening to Dirk Hardcore Punk yeah. at the time, so I probably would have just like put it in the bin. <laughs> another, <laughs> old, another old white guy just, playing yeah, country folk, and just whatever. Like, oh, just another guy who's left yeah. his rock band for a solo career. <laughs> oh, what, what a cliche. No, um, sure. But... And it is. And it, it is. But it's so different. <laughs> and it's so different. Forgive me. It mm-hmm. is. It is. Um, so as well, if I'd have heard this record um, and nobody had said who his name and just played it to me, I still would have listened to it with the like the first time I listened to Bright Eyes and just went, "Wow, what is this?" You know, like with mm. that kind of wonder of going, "This is something new and lovely." So I think it's coming to my life at the right time because, as you know, I'm a three-time winner with. With folk, so um, look, that did have an influence. Weirdly, it had an influence. (laughs) Just such a sucker. Um, So, as I said, the first time I put it on, I was like, "Okay, Grant's recommended it." So be prepared for some wailing guitars and (laughs) be prepared to be shouted at. That's really oh. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Come on, I I supported you on your journey many Mm -hmm. times. Mm. 
You have, but I mean, not a lot of my other ones haven't been all that way. Tiny Crows is not like that. No, Can't Crows wasn't. I know, but you and I bonded mm, so much. Over anyway, so that we don't. Um, this album is beautiful, and it has a great musicianship, um, and everything is in its right place, as we agreed. Um, from the first moment I listened to Thrillers, Thrillers Gone, I went, "Oh, I like this." And then went, ooh. And then I was just thinking, there's 14 tracks. Please don't let me down. <laughs> so, <laughs> pressure on Bernard. There was pressure on Bernard because I was like, 14 tracks. I'm like, we know it's really hard to yeah, make mm-hmm. a flawless For record sure. with 14 tracks. But um, you can put this on. And if I go back to the vinyl days, none of these songs are long enough to skip. Like <laughs> if you didn't like it, you want to skip it, you just power through because you can. And um, I didn't find that I wanted to skip any of the songs. I loved the album from start to finish many times. And I would absolutely say Bernard did a great duty to the music musical world oh. by creating this album, by collaborating on so many different genres, pulling it together and turning it into what I would call flawless. Mic go. drop. Mic yes. drop. Mic is dropped. Here we go. Now, now this is the one that I'll, I'm this genu- is why you're genuinely fearful I really of. Need, I really need to stop going last. And, <laughs> and, and now why, why I did this, because you know there's no you're pressure like, on Liam, the man no, who owned no. this album. The man who owned this no album. No pressure at all. He writes his bloody out, outro like epilogue. No, he not for other people's albums. Oh, do you not? No. Oh. Only for my albums. Oh, so you, oh, okay. Fair enough. I think you wrote your epilogue before you come through the door. Like, no, no. Only for my albums, not for other people's. Okay. So rough. On this uh, one then. Uh, yeah. A for away, bud. So let's we've, go. We've gone over my history with this <clears> stuff <throat> and we've, you know, everything that George said is right. That it's a great album. He really crafts it really well. He's obviously a master songwriter and a singer. Sorry, he's definitely a master singer and a master vocalist and he knows how to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. The problem is the thing that I'm looking for in a solo <laughs> album is an, um, I need to feel what made them want to record these songs and step away from their actual band to record the songs. So Because if, if he just wrote 14 songs, he could have just gone to Powderfinger and said, here, I've written 14 songs and they could have gone, great, let's record 14 songs and make it a Powderfinger record. And I think the people that he got in here, that they did a good job, but I don't think they did a great job. And there oh. were a few songs in here that I thought, like, they were, they were, I wouldn't necessarily go, I hated this song or I had to turn it off. Mm. But um, The Strangest Thing, um, Further Down the Road, um, and even I didn't love Not Finished Just Yet either. So it just felt like there were some songs that, yeah, with when there's 14 songs on an album, there were just some songs that I was like, if you could have cut these and made like a 10-song and probably even stretch out some of you. T- I know you don't want to just stretch something out for the sake of it, but mm. some of the really great songs could have been just that smidge longer and filled in that space and then just had like a nice 10-song album. So I thought 14 songs was a bit much and I didn't I didn't feel what made him want to get away. Although having – actually, so that was that was what I felt coming going in. But I think I'm going to switch that a little bit, which is that what we've talked about about the death of his brother and the new relationship. I think that's – that's enough of a driving force behind it, and mm-hmm. the the songs really reflect I that. I don't think Powderfinger could have recorded any of these. They absolutely could have. They are <laughs> like, have you heard much other than Double Allergic? Uh, a few things, but like not like this. They, they couldn't they, have made this. They're really really good. Like the, this, the beautiful thing about Powderfinger is they're all really really good at what they do, mm-hmm. and they find a way to bring it together. So, but this I've, is personal. I know, and that's what. I, so I'm, I'm, okay. I'm rescinding that a little bit. Literally but there were still two or three songs on here that I probably would have cut and just get it nice and shorter and sharper. So I probably couldn't give it flawless. Oh, <gasps> devastated. <laughs> and not not finished just yet. Like, yeah, yeah. Didn't do anything for you. Not not didn't do not didn't do anything, but just which like, one? Not Number finished three. just yet. I'm not finished just yet. Got got to get this. Sh- Right oh, off my man. chest. Write yourself a message of, of kindness. kindness. Sing yourself a song <laughs> to reconcile. How are you going to sail a steady on. ship through the tempest? Wow. Okay. Like, so you didn't cool. like that? No. The folks I, okay, thing. this is the third time I've said this. It's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't, it didn't grab me. It didn't, I didn't feel anything from it. Okay. 
That's interesting. Harmonica okay. solo, yeah, underlined in red. Take that and put the harmonica solo in another song. Oh, you can right, put harmonica solo enough. in any song. I know. Okay. I'm just, no, I'm listen, so that's it. That's I've got a, a huge history it's with okay. it. It's okay. It's okay. Owns the album. Yeah. This is fine. This is fine. Really do like it, but I wouldn't call it flawless. And um, that's unbelievable. I, I'm surprised, shocked, uh, probably more than a little disappointed, but such as say la vie, as they say. Right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We have a Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are on Flawless AMP on all of those. So you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, or give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com flawless, sorry, forward slash flawless AMP. If you'd like to back us, check, it out, check that out. Thanks again for listening. My quest continues, and we'll see you next time. Let's go.